Welcome to the Future of Everything podcast with world-renowned futurist and best-selling author, Nick Webb. In this episode, Nick will share the big future trends that are impacting your organization in the areas of innovation, emerging technologies, leadership, and the rapidly changing workplace. Get ready to see the future. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Webb. Hi, this is Nick Webb, and welcome to another episode of the Nick Webb Show. Well, listen, this is an exciting episode for me. I think it's very germane to a lot of organizations, and I think it's something we've been doing very, very wrong, which needs to be very, very right. And I'm going to show you or share with you five insanely important points of how to manage, lead, and to address all things related, related to remote work. But I think we have to realize that first and foremost, if we're going to have remote workers, and all organizations will have some remote workers in perpetuity, we really can't be incidental about it. It's really shocking. I mean, I need to use that word. It's astonishing to me how incidental even large organizations are about the way in which they set their remote employees up for success. It's astonishing. And so what I'm going to do in this short 15-minute podcast is to give you the complete how-to-fly manual in managing remote employees in a way that ensures productivity, happiness for you and for your remote team, the way in which we build up reportability, the way in which we handle dashboarding, and really to help you decide how do you select who gets to qualify to report work from home, right? Okay, so let's get started. Number one, your employee is representing your storefront, probably from their bedroom with a bunch of stuff behind them. Okay, so remember that the Zoom or the Teams call now becomes your corporate storefront. How much money does your organization spend on branding, brochures, websites, and the list goes on and on? How much? Tens of millions of dollars. Then why are we setting employees up to get online and to use the non-operable, ridiculous joke of a background that's on Zoom and on other platforms that makes them look like hacks? Remember, we live in a superficial world. We're judged, our intelligence is judged by the way in which we articulate thought and use language. Our success is judged by the way we dress and what we drive. And again, this isn't about superficiality in a negative way. We're talking about brand here, right? So you don't have to make it look like they're, they're zooming in from the palace, but they have to look professional and they have to look like they, they really care. So if you're not giving them the AV and the training to be able to present your brand, then you deserve what you get. I actually stopped doing business with a company that had individuals that were online in their pajamas. I just didn't, it, it bothered me. And maybe that's my problem. I need to get some therapy, but it just seemed like they weren't really into being my vendor. They were literally in pajamas. I'm not <laughs> making this stuff up. Okay, so if you've ever been on a Zoom call with me, you'll notice a few things. Number one, I never, ever, 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 ever sat down. 
I'm always standing up in a standing desk because there is an energy associated with standing up. Now, you don't have to have your employee stand up. Don't get me wrong, but I will give you a tip that there is an incredible amount of power. Remember about 80 to 90% of all communication is nonverbal. It's physical. If you want the physicality and the energy associated with dialogue within a Zoom or a Teams environment, then you absolutely should be standing up. And if you are in the sales or client management side, I think it should be a requirement. The impact that you have on on a virtual engagement is so much better when you have the benefits of physicality. You wouldn't have a powerful and thoughtful dialogue with somebody sitting down, and why do you do it in virtual settings? So the first thing is remember that your Zoom environments that you set your employee up for these environments are our teams or whatever platform you use. These are your storefront. They have to be really good. The second thing that you have to realize, in addition to them sitting or standing, a question that you have to answer, the energy is very, very different. You also have to make sure that they have the gear. Now, there is only one way to get great audio, and that is through a lav mic. A lav mic or lavalier mic is a mic that clips to your blouse or to your sports coat, and it directly takes your audio input and puts it into the microphone. It's clear. It's crisp. It is very powerful to have good audio, right? It's very powerful. It also makes it easy to communicate with somebody when you're not listening to them uh, from across the room or they're not wearing some gaming headset. Right, you can use uh, you know Apple earbuds or other forms like that. I just think it. I don't like the. Uh, I don't like the cosmetic. I don't like the the appearance of that. Not for me and my own personal brand. And again, it may sound like I'm being insanely superficial here, and I apologize for that. But I will tell you, in the world that I live in, um, we see that people unfortunately judge us. And I think having a lab mic shows that you care, and it gives you great audio. The other thing you need to have is a polychromatic fill light. And you can literally buy a battery-operated fill light for about $15 on Amazon. You can also, for about $15 or so, dollars, get a USB microphone that will go plug right into your laptop or to your desktop to give audio into the uh, video conferencing system that you're using. So there's no excuse for not having fill light. The problem is... We are talking to people who are watching, on average, uh, several hundred million dollars worth of programming. When you watch a television show or a movie, tens of millions of dollars were invested into that one-hour show. And so we have uh, developed a high level of video sophistication. And then we overlay that sophistication into these cryptic dialogues where we're talking to people that looks like they're hot being held hostage in a in a third world country, and that's their Zoom environment. It's just really shocking. So there's no reason as inexpensive as it is to not have fill light. And I like fill light that's connected to the computer. And the main thing you want to do is fill those hollow areas around your eyes and uh, the the area around your neck. When you do that, you look completely different on, on a video conference. And you look fresh and you look smart and people pay attention to you and they respect you. The other thing is, is that you really need to use a good camera. I've looked at every camera out there. I think the best bread and butter, uh, certainly don't use the video that's in your computer laptop or in your desktop. I think the Logitech uh, HD or 4K uh, 
camera is really the best camera you can get. It's very forgiving. It has good light sensitivity. Uh, the image quality is insane. That's probably the best way to go. Um, and then let's talk background here for a minute. I use a trade show booth that has a scene printed on it that looks like a very nice office because we have a we work in a lab here. And in my lab, it's, you know, 3D printers and, you know, it's a lab. So to create the uh, an incredibly beautiful office environment, uh, I actually use a trade show booth. Now, why don't I use a green screen? Because green screens don't work. Keying a green screen is extremely hard. You'll get green haloing anomalies. Uh, the green screen tool that's in Zoom is an absolute joke. The only way to have a good background is to have either a trade show booth background or have an uncluttered background that looks professional. And um, you just have the key to professional is there's no uh, knickknacks and there's no junk and there's no stuff. It has to be clear of objects because those are distra visual distractions away from the person that's on uh, the call with you, right? So. Again, I know this sounds like it's over the top. Uh, I don't think anything when we're talking about putting forward a great band is a brand is over the top. So tip number one is your employees or you uh, are a brand. And you're either a great brand or you're a crappy brand. Uh, that's up to you. But in the rock'em, sock'em, superficial world we live in, we are judged by the way we look, the way we talk, the language we use, uh, and the way in which we appear to others. And so those are the tips. Stand up if there's any way you can begin that process of standing. By the way, there's a great organization called JustStand.org. And JustStand.org really talks about the health benefits and the energetic benefits and the innovation. I've, I've provided white papers to that uh, publication myself. It, it is, I stopped setting uh, eight years ago and lost 18 pounds. And now when I go to the airport, I literally can't set. I, I pace until I get on my airplane. Uh, I think it's had an amazing health benefit, but the energy that it projects in a Zoom or a virtual setting is really powerful. So stand if you can. If you can't, set in an environment that is clutter-free, that has a great background that makes you and positions you as a true professional that you are. Make sure and use a lavalier mark, mic. You can get a lav mic um, on uh, Amazon for about $12. My recommendation, though, is to take it to another level. Get the roadie mixer. The Rody mixer is a is a audio mixer that allows you to have more control over the quality of your sound, and then that puts it into a USB preamp, so you get a much better uh, quality audio. And it's not expensive, and they're insanely easy to use. It's it's R O D E, and just go to their website, and you'll see some great solutions there. As far as the fill light, there's um, lots out there. I like a fill light that's mounted either directly to the top of the of the uh, of the uh, computer or laptop. I use both. I use a uh, fill light on either side of me, and then I use a low fill light uh, to be able to fill that area, that shadow area on my neck. Um, and when people see me there, they kind of gasp oftentimes when I come on. It's like, wow, where are you? <laughs> this looks like a newscaster getting ready to uh, to cast the news. But, you know, look, that's um, that's the brand I choose to project. 
The other thing is, in addition to a polychromatic light source, and you want, you definitely would like, uh, I think I would recommend a light source, spend a little bit of extra money and get one where you can control the color temperature. Uh, that'll give you a lot more flexibility. Make sure and use a, something like a Logitech HD or a Logitech 4K camera. They're amazing and you will look amazing. Background wise, um, I could spend an hour telling you all the reasons why you shouldn't use a green screen, but I'm just going to say uh, it costs about six or seven hundred dollars to get a trade show flat trade show booth with a beautiful office graphic printed on it, and it'll blow people's minds. Okay, so there you go. Number one, start by fixing your storefront. If they're going to work remote, they should represent your brand, and the only way they could represent your brand is to do those things. Now, there's one last thing I would like to point out before I leave the um, storefront piece. As a keynote speaker that travels to about 70 events around the world speaking on future trends, I can tell you that that didn't happen overnight. I needed to learn how to use inflection and pitch and key and modulation. How I learn to be a good listener, and how to be able to be impactful during the time that I spoke. I use those principles when I am on a Zoom call or a Teams call, really thoughtful and surgical about the language I use and when I decide to talk. I really focus on listening and having a contribution to the engagement. So here's my last tip in the storefront. There is no way, there is no bloody way, that your team can be doing a great job in virtual environments without virtual communication training. In fact, we do a program called Certified Impactful Communicator. Our Certified Impactful Communicator program really shows people how to be impactful in all environments when you're doing a sales presentation or a presentation to the board of directors, when you're doing a community lecture as a keynote or a, or a conference speaker. I've learned a lot of tricks in the last 40 years, and I can share those tricks, and others can as well. I'm not trying to sell you a training program. In fact, I'm probably not available for that. But I will tell you that there is a really, really big benefit in giving these amazing people that show up every day to serve your mission the equipment and the training to have a good storefront. All right, I spent a lot of time on that, so I'm going to whip on through the last four tips here. In order to be happy working from home, you have to learn several things. Number one, you have to learn compartmentalization. You have to find a way to create the visibility between your work and your home life. That is a training initiative. It's about a three-hour training initiative. How do I do this? How do I show up and be productive for you, my beloved employer, whilst providing a balanced and thoughtful life for my family. It's not a little deal. It is not a little deal. If you want presenteeism, if you want productivity, if you want quality, if you want employee engagement, and I know you want all of those things, you have to train employees to be certified remote workers. That's what we do anyway. Certified remote workers learn how to create divisibility. They learn how to have happiness and joy at work even working from home. We show them how to use a wide range of fun activities and even some competition and other activities to keep them engaged and collaborating with their colleagues, even though they're currently disconnected. This is so important. It's so important. 
Now, in addition to helping them have a happy life as a remote worker, we also know that we need for them to provide reportability and we need for them to be able to uh, participate in a work stream. So we use uh, tip three. We use a program that we call weekly sprints. Now, sprints, of course, come from the scrum approach towards productivity and so on. Uh, The sprints that I use and my clients use is that we put together every Monday a collaborative meeting and we spend some time. It's an hour meeting where we really go over what success looks like for the week. We identify all of the mission critical things that must be done, things that absolutely should be done, things that can be done, and then the extra work that we can do if we have extra time. Then we we shop this, workshop it, as we say, with everybody so that everybody has a chance to say, hey, you want me to do this, Nick? Wait a minute, I can't do that. You wanted me to do the Jarvik 9 report last week, and I'm still working on it. So we've got to give employees the opportunity to have a thoughtful and loving workflow while still meeting the goals of our, of our enterprise and department. That's why I like to start the week out early morning, first thing, with the sprint meeting. The sprint meeting determines, and we use Kanban boards, we use traditional Gantt and Scrum charts, and we make them very graphic and very easy to use, and they're dynamic and live. In my office today, my teams are doing their things, and I have a live, large, big screen TV in my office that shows where everybody is on their workflow in real time. I know what everybody's doing and where they are on the workflows in real time. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it also allows us to get back, even though we're disconnected, it allows us to work together for the collective goal of the enterprise. And you start to see these various lanes all coming together to meet a collective goal. Again, beautiful, beautiful thing. It also eliminates concerns to whomever you report to that your team is not productive. This provides tremendous reportability. It shows what each employee is doing each and every day, what the expected outcome is, and where they are on that journey for this week. Now, I look at Zoom and team meetings as an absolute something must have gone wrong. Setting up multiple meetings is a really bad idea. That's why I spend a full hour making sure we all know what we need to do, And then we're all going to do it. We're adults. We believe in the mission and we're going to go do it. We're not going to set up a bunch of lame meetings to waste people's time. So that's the idea. Now, as a leader of a team, you are going to be doing wellness checks every day. You're going to touch base five minutes by phone, not by anything else. And just say, hey, just reaching out my 10 o'clock call. How's everything going? Do you got the resources you need? Are you happy? Is love flowing into your life? Is everything good? What recommendations do you have for me as your manager to make this better for you? Are, is everything okay? How's your mental health? How's your everything? Wellness checks have been such a great dividend for the work that I do. I just, the, the, the impact they have to people that I serve, uh, it's just a beautiful thing. So you should always do daily wellness checks. If you don't have the time or the appetite, you can do those two or three times a week. But we have to make sure that the people that are working remote remotely have the things they need. Um, the other thing is, is that there is a midweek check-in for many teams. Uh, I do that in mine. Uh, so we'll do a, a Wednesday afternoon touch base, see what's up, how everybody's going, gap, re, you know, and we find things that we can do to improve our journey. And then at Friday, at the end of the day on Friday, we do our post-mortem. And the post-mortem is how did we do? What can we do better? Let's get ready for next week for our Monday morning uh, meeting. And there's a lot more to it. And if you reach out to me, I can even send you a Excel spreadsheet 
that kind of shows you how we put together uh, our sprint programs each week. Okay, so there you go. You have to have a sprint project management system that manages the workflow in real time. Otherwise, it gets real or amorphous. It gets really non-productive. People want to be busy doing things that they believe in. They don't want to not, they don't want to run out of stuff. They really don't. Uh, not good people anyway. So if you don't do this, you don't get a very good result in remote teams. Okay, so there you go, sprints. The other thing is tip number four, you got a dashboard, dashboard, dashboard. There needs to be gamification and social engagement. You can use ESNs like Q Markets or Spicket or Broad Ideas. You can use other tools. The point that I'm making here is that we need to monitor everybody's productivity and we need to have some gamification. Like, wow, Sally's already done with her workflow and it's only Tuesday afternoon. She's killing it, right? And they get a star. And at the end of that thing, you know, at the end of the week, maybe we're handing out Starbucks coffee cards. Maybe we're handing out whatever. But we create some form of gamification and some form of social engagement and ideation as part of this as well. It's a lot to cover uh, of how to build out an innovation pipeline as part of your workflow, so I certainly don't have time to do it here. But I will tell you that there are systems, tools, and processes that really make this tidy. So imagine this. Let me take you to this new world of where you're going to go. This new world is where your team looks amazing. You know when they're talking to vendors, when they're talking to clients, when they're talking to community partners, you know they're going to look great, they're going to sound great, they're going to be trained in the way in which they engage in remote environments. You're going to close more business. You're going to improve productivity. That's what this looks like. That's what we're talking about here today. They're going to have mics. They're going to have fill lights. They're going to have a great HD 4 or 4K camera. They're going to have professional backgrounds. They're going to consider the benefits of standing during those calls. They are going to be the rock stars in your industry. People are going to remember the, their experience with them virtually because it was that good. And because of their training, they're going to know how to engage and how to use inflection. They're going to be great listeners. They're going to use the power of professional communications. They're going, to, they're going to also use sprints, and these sprints are going to ensure their productivity. They're going to create better reportability. Everything that you want to do in your organization is much improved when you have a proper sprint strategy. Then you're going to use dashboards to where everybody knows where everybody else is. That gamification and social engagement is going to increase presenteeism, productivity, output, return on human capital, everything you want. It's going to get better when you do it right. There's one last thing, tip five. Not everybody is qualified to be a remote worker. If you are the custodian at your high school, you probably can't do it remotely. But what if you're a sales manager versus a salesperson, right? Be really careful about the intelligence and the fairness as to who gets to work remotely. Elon Musk believes that remote work is inequitable and unfair. He believes that because he doesn't think that people should be able to work remotely uh, while other people are forced to come in because of the nature of their job. And it's a good point. Look, I'm not here. I think this is a philosophical decision that every organization has to make. But you have to have really, 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 really well-defined policies if you're going to do this right. Okay, one last thing. R2 
O R two O. Return to office. It's what everybody's doing these days. They're coming back. If you're coming back, and you probably should, there's data to suggest that collaboration, when we get people together, it works better. So if you are involved in an R2O initiative, make sure you have a formal strategy. I had a large drug company approach me asking me to build out a return to office strategy. And I said, I'm glad to do it, but you've got to remember the first thing you've got to do is you've got to be prepared to justify why you're telling people to come back to the office. And there is good justification after all. But if you don't do that from the get-go, they're going to say, you're just authoritarians. You want me to be captive so I can be under your thumb. You've got to be really careful about the internal branding and, and the way in which you communicate the reason why we're coming back. And then you have to associate that with activities and other reasons. And they said, nah, it sounds too expensive to do that. We'll just tell them that ourselves. And it failed. Like, it really failed. <laughs> like, flop. So if you're going to have people come back, you've got to have a strategy for that that is very, very employee-centric. Why are we asking them to come back? And why is this important? And let's get together and share the reasons why. And here are the initiatives that are currently underway that does require your physical body. Here are the reasons why we know, and here's the statistics to show how we can improve collaboration and and ideation and innovation and how we can improve results and productivity. And you've got to give them the evidence. They've got to get kind of redialed back in. Uh, as to the reasons why. I had one manager say, look, they either come back to work or I fire them. Okay, cool. <laughs> Let's see how that works out. Look, we're in a time of tremendous talent drought. There are talented people and there are unemployed people, but there are no unemployed, talented people. We got to love and cherish these people that are willing to come in and do the things we want them to do for us. So if you're going to do R2O, do it with a strategy and do it right. All right. Well, there you go. I think I went a little bit over this time. I'm sorry about that. I'm very passionate about this space. And I hope that I've given you some uh, great ideas. So here are the five tips. Make sure that you manage your storefront. Do team training to get them ready to communicate better. Develop sprints, dashboard, and make sure you know the qualifications of who gets to stay home and what that policy looks like. And then sort of 5A Make sure and have an R2O strategy if you're in the middle of your R2O initiative right now. All right, listen, thanks again. Hey, do me a favor, share this podcast with people that you think it might help. I'm trying to provide stuff that's not in the proverbial echo chamber. And I know some of my stuff may sound orthogonal, like, wait, Nick's telling me that my people need to stand up. <laughs> Nick's telling me that they need to have a production studio to be able to be on a Teams call. Yeah, I'm saying all of that stuff. But if that's um, you know a little shocking, I get it. And you can ignore all or most of what I have to say. But the one thing I will promise you, I'm going to delete deliver you stuff that maybe you haven't heard elsewhere. And oh yeah, by the way, it works. <laughs> Thanks again and until next time. You have been listening to the Future of Everything podcast with best-selling author and keynote speaker Nick Webb. To continue getting hard-hitting, powerful insights, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. To learn more about Nick's consulting or speaking services, please visit Nick's website at nickweb.com.